I'm about to feed them to the sharks right now. Get them hype right now. Yeah. You know the ground is on. Yeah. Everybody that trains, you know the game. Yeah. So let's get it. Uh. Slap it up, bump it and roll. Hey. Yeah, that's the way that it go. Ain't no better way to better yourself in this game, you're feeling the growth. That's time on the map, we put in the work. Believe it ain't easy, I know. But we train for the love of the game, the love of the art. Now slap it up, bump it, let's roll. Welcome to episode 35 of the BJJ Campaign Podcast. My name is Jeff Boone. I'm an A3, blue belt, two stripes. This is Phil Coors, A2, blue belt, one stripe. So, Philly, as you know, uh, I, this is probably, this marks a week without training as of 6 p.m. tonight. Yeah. For me. That's maybe the longest break that I've ever had. It's yeah. been great. It's been great. Yeah. Are you been doing? Um, working. Um, not jujitsu, And it's not been great. It's been awful. I'm sick of it, tired of it, wanted my rib to be healed. Well, you took off the week before, too. You were gone for like four days. I think you did a, you did Friday or Sunday, and then you didn't come back until the following Friday. You were gone Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday for a meeting. Thursday, you were in another. That's right. I don't think you made it to the Thursday class before. You took like five days off before the last class. No, it wasn't that long. I feel sure it wasn't that long. Because it was Sunday, then Thursday. You didn't go that Thursday. I didn't go Thursday. I went Friday. Hmm. Huh. Yeah, you've done one class in two weeks. <sighs> Not good. Not good, man. I'm. I'm dying too. I want to get back in, but. Why don't you just get like a shoulder pad, like a football, like shoulder pads for your <laughs> ribs? Yeah. No. <laughs> Like the quarterbacks use the uh, rib coverage. Yes. I might, might do that. But no, it, I keep telling myself in the overall scheme of things that it's a marathon, not a sprint. Right. I keep repeating that. Well, they still move in marathons, right? Yeah. Well, I'm doing I'm doing mobility. I mean, yeah, I'm doing mobility and, you know, the normal push-ups, pull-ups, that sort of thing, but just no training. Right. Not happy about it. Yeah. Well, I mean, you went in once and made the problem worse, so. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah. Accurate. Yeah. Accurate. Yeah. So it's probably best to just let it fix itself, but I don't know how you fix a rib. Yeah. It, time. That's how you fix it. Yeah. But, uh, but anyway, hopefully next week, be back. Yeah. Everything will be fine. You think Monday? Man, I hope so. I don't know. Yeah, I'll probably go Monday. Because then you can do fundamentals. You can kind of see what's going on, you know. Yeah. See how it feels. You know, not stay for rolling. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Um, you just start Muay Thai. So that way you don't get any pressure on you. <laughs> no. Not going to do that. But anyway, so that's that's enough about that. That's the uh, the development there. I really don't want to talk about it. Yeah, anymore. it's terrible. It's awful. Um, and I miss it. You know, I mean, I, I think everybody can identify, you know, with injuries and stuff. And, you want to go to the comp class tomorrow? I'm excited about that one. 
Hey, thanks, Phil. Yeah, no. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a blast. Joey's yeah. running a comp class. It's going to be great. Uh, I You're not going, huh? Not going. Loser. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shout thanks, out Phil. to Doug. That was hilarious. I'll see you tomorrow. It's <laughs> <not fun>. uh, <laughs> Because that's a good way to break it back in, to go to comp class where you roll extra hard. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm not going to do that tomorrow. But, uh, but yeah, enough about that. But I do want to say, you know, as an elderly grappler uh, such as myself, I, it's important It's important that I tell myself that you have to get better and take that time. And do other things like the mobility, like the stretching, like the you know, strength training, stuff like that. Whenever, you know, like Jocko says, do what you can. Right. And um, that's what I've been trying to do. Um, so, you know, I'm going to continue, hopefully, maybe go back Monday to fundamentals a bit. To- yeah, but still, like, and, and I mean, I think we, we talked about it before when I went through, like, just being st- stupid and stubborn when I hurt my ankle and then I hurt my rib and then I hurt whatever else. I can't remember at this point but there's like four things all kind of stemming from the same thing because I didn't want to take any time off and it doesn't matter I mean like a week no like what does a week or two matter if like you're hurt yeah and like I'm still dealing with this ankle thing where it's like I'll feel it in certain positions now like four or five months later and it's like if what if I took a week off and let it do what it's supposed to do and then I would feel normal all the time you know and Obviously, I'm not saying don't train, you know, or don't, but like, if, if it's needed, I mean, I don't know, it, it, that was, I learned that the stupid way, like I learned everything else, but sure, if you, if you have something that's telling you, like you have a problem, let it heal itself a little bit, you know. I mean, except for a broken toe, obviously. Eh, I don't know, that one hurt quite, <laughs> quite bad the other day. Yeah. yeah, so Phil broke his toe the other day, and hurt it hurt it's okay though it's okay now yeah i use scotch tape on it to tie it up together <laughs> <so>. scotch tape. <laughs> it'd be funny if you did that um so yeah take the time off if you need it folks and next let's talk about because you've been pretty uh steadfast on your your journey to gain top position and pass here lately how's that working i broke my toe yeah i give up it's <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Like, every time I roll, I feel like I'm going to puke. You know? Like, I'm trying way harder than I was before. Um, I have no cardio. Thought I did. Don't. I'm always exhausted. Um, and I'm hurting myself. So, hopefully there's some light at the end of the tunnel here soon. Yeah. Yeah. So, do you think? do you think that you're exhausted because you're just making unnecessary movements because you're so bad at it? Yeah, of course. Okay. Yeah. No, it's it's back to, like, I used to be this tired on the bottom, mm-hmm. you know, sure. just trying to, like, keep someone in my guard, basically, or escape side control. Like, basically, bottom side control is where I'm resting now. It's like, the, the guard is, like, my fight to get on top, like, trying to get sweeps and going back to the knee or, or whatever, just, like, definitely not conserving any energy, it seems. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not intentional. It's just the way, it, I mean, there's been like three or four rounds that stand out in my head that I just was like, I need a second after the round, which is unusual, but very, but no, it's been weird. Um, and also once I get on top, I don't know what to do. It seems. So I think I spend way too much energy trying to 
I think I spaz when I get to the good position more than when I'm in the bad position. <laughs> <laughs> Makes no sense whatsoever. Yeah, not much that I do ever does. Yeah. What? So other than other than obviously during rolling, trying to gain the top position and pass the guard. What else have you been doing to kind of facilitate that? Have you said, you know, have you said to your training partners, hey, I'm trying to work top game? No. No, I'm just not laying down anymore. I'm not pulling guard and not. Like, once I get, unless the guy's way too big, mm-hmm. um, and I don't know him. If they're big and I know him, I don't care. But, like, if it's somebody, like, brand new that I don't know how, I'll stay in the close guard, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Um I guess not intentional, just something I'm noticing now that we're talking about it. But uh, more just fighting from for the top position from the start. Mm-hmm. Um, takedowns, pressure, takedowns. Yeah, not, and even if it's like a, a from the knee situation, I'm not like falling back. Sure. You know, it's kind of more of a, of a push forward, which is again not usual for me. Yeah. Yeah. No. Agree. Um, have you thought about doing any private lessons, anything like that? Not really. No. Um, yeah, no, I just keep trying to fight and put my head down and work on my guillotine defense. You just watch YouTube videos of it and then do it? So. No, nah, I've just not been, I've just been trying to like push into people. I find just different reactions. Like with Delvin, I was making sure to keep my head kind of smashed up against his forehead to forehead kind of deal because he kept grabbing my head mm-hmm. but um he's pretty big yeah so I'm pretty good at jujitsu yeah it's hard for me to move him anywhere yeah well so f- from the outside you know whenever I was going for that similar more of the passing game because uh, I, I started out as I've said before you know playing the top game with my wrestling experience and that right. sort of thing it was it came a little bit easier but passing was terrible Right, I mean that was really tough. So um, I took several private lessons from Lee, and it really helped. It really helped with the passing concepts, you know. Yeah. So you know, maybe some may want to consider. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean they're always a good idea. Yeah. For sure. I just I haven't considered it for that specific reason. I've just been. I'm almost. I feel like I'm almost at square one because like I don't necessarily. I've never practiced any takedowns. Or like actively tried for him. I think I think I told you. I told Landon after the drill, but when the open hand strikes were in our sparring class for the rounds, because um, Landon does all the boxing and Muay Thai stuff. Sure, good. Like as soon as we started, he like slapped me in the head, and I was like, "Oh yeah, <laughs> that's <laughs> a lot about that." Yeah, not you know that's not something I think about. So typically, what I do when we're standing is I. Um, walk in a circle for a while yeah. kind of like arm extended with my butt sticking out uh-huh. um, looking for the perfect uh, judo throw that I don't know how to do so okay. I just don't do anything basically and right. just kind of see what happens um, and dance around so when he's slapping me in the head I was like alright I've had enough and I just did it I mean it's a terrible shot but it's, no, I've seen it. yeah, but right. it's a shot you know yeah. like I'm doing something because right. again it kind of goes back to the sweep and that's why I won't even try to pull guard because like I'll tell you pull guard and sweep because you know how to sweep you know yeah like that that 
makes sense, I think, in practice if you do it. But if I pull guard, I won't sweep. Yeah. You know? So that's why I'm I'm trying real hard not to do it at all. And if people are starting, like, from the knees or whatever, I'm always trying to start passing. But when people want to fight for top immediately, I've been kind of going back and forth in that little shoving match, mm-hmm. which I'm not good at with any arm drags or anything like that, which I've seen some of the stuff or, like, I guess, Russian tie or whatever, mm-hmm. arm sure. drag, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I've seen it a couple times each, but I don't have any like confidence doing that um or going for him which is just all the more reason i just need to keep working on it but mm-hmm. you know it's it's like at this point um in my head i'm like a day one dude just pushing back like i have no i have no plan yet as far as like a takedown right it's right. terrible i'll figure it out i know you will i know you will you know just remember head down on the yeah, shot yeah so yeah. good at that von flu. <laughs> You're really getting good at that. The bait to the von flu. Uh, no, I, I, and you know, I think I think just looking at it from the outside, you know, you're not giving yourself enough credit on that. I've, I've seen it, and you you get on top, and you're there, and you're working better in the top position. And whenever you and I roll, you're always in the top position, right? Right. Until yeah. you get swept. Yeah. Right. Until the flower sweep you. Yeah, well, I'm building your confidence. <laughs> the long game? Yeah. <laughs> Playing the long game? Set up. So, uh, we'll guard for six months to take that fireman's carry, like Lee said. That's hilarious. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I, yeah, you give me an opportunity to work it, obviously, um, which is good, or else it, yeah, it would be even worse than it is. But yeah, no, to me, it's like my plan, I, not necessarily having plans, I have no, like, you know, go to essentially on top mm-hmm. or anything. It's just kind of. I spent a long time like trying to figure out how to just you know maintain it against against new people. Like there was no, mm-hmm. like you know if they were experienced, it was there was no keeping it at all. Mm-hmm. You know, to the point where I think I think that's a big reason why I kind of I don't want to say gave up on it, but I wouldn't pursue it very hard because it wasn't worth it. Right. It's like I gotta waste all this energy to get on top. I'm just gonna get rolled anyway. I'll stay here. Yeah, you know, I think that was a big. Thinking about it now, I know that's a big reason why. The jujitsu I have developed the way that it did. Yeah. Because now that I'm trying to get on top, it's very tiring. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like taking a commitment to try to. Try very hard to get on top and not have much success from there. <laughs> yeah, but also you know also what you're doing too is rounding out your game. I mean that's what you're doing, working on rounding out your game to where. You know, you're dangerous from the bottom. You're dangerous from the close guard. And um, and that's a great thing because that, that was bred, as we talked about, out of necessity for you uh, to keep that close guard and attack from that close guard. Uh, it's something that, That's something that I'm trying to work on is attacking from close guard because I like and prefer open guard sweeping in top position or playing half guard yeah. and going for submissions from half guard. So I, I'm, I'm trying to work on that to round out my game. Uh, and it's and and it's tough. It's not intuitive at all. Nothing in jujitsu is. Right. You know. So just you know, taking steps to round out that game. And like I said, you are getting better at it. You can tell. You know, just from just from the simple steps of, you know, whenever I open the guard rather than staying in my open guard or allowing me to to go to half guard with you. You're standing up. You're trying to pass. You're, yeah, that's that's one thing I think I told you about. There's been a couple a couple scenarios that have happened without me 
thinking about it and it that I kind of reflect on later um, like bottom half guard when there's space and I'll stand up versus shooting to reclose the, the guard you know recover the guard all the way because yeah. I know I can recover the guard but that's again if I get there I'm going to lock myself there you know that's like a that's the end point for me and I guess in theory like if I end it with a submission cool but at the same time that still doesn't help me get any better at the other stuff Right, and I've talked about doing this for six months, and I guess seven now. And uh, so, for one of them, I've actually actively attempted to do what I said I was going to do. Yeah, no, that's good. You know, you have to get yourself in the right mindset. Yeah, yeah, that's where. Yeah, that's where you are. Uh, <laughs> but no, that's good. I, and and I'm happy you're doing it. I think it's you know, I, it, it certainly is necessary, and it kind of transitions us into our. Next topic, which is Eddie Fryby's um, article uh, talking about, about Purple Belt, a.k.a. the Rolling Belt. Um, you know, he brings up a lot of points to that where you're thinking about more conceptually than you are technique-wise and to be able to apply those techniques in different positions because of understanding the understanding of the concepts. Yeah. So... You know, in, in the article, I thought I thought it was a really good article. Um, I, I think if you look at it, I think that he kind of mentions things that that you should probably do at, at every belt. And here's a for instance in that, in that, and that is, don't roll with everyone the same. Yeah, I I think that one applies more to. I mean, I see what you're saying. Do that at every belt. But I think that applies more to people who are better and have the option. Because, like, I don't have that option. I can't roll with everybody the same. Because, like, I can't I can't roll with you the way I do with somebody who's new. And then I can't roll with somebody who's new the way I can roll with somebody who's my size. It's all different. None of those are my control. But if it is in your control, mm-hmm. definitely do that. You know? Again, like... I would get put in the. I would put people in the closed guard if I had, to, like, if I had to attempt to win, I would have to try to put everybody in the closed guard, and work from there, you know. But that's not how to develop, right? In the best way, right? And and there's so, so just to mention too, one of the posts that you shared on the BJJ campaign group page, yeah, was uh, black belt Jake Whitfield's. Um, yeah, John reshared that one. It was really good. Post really really good about. Uh, about being a good training partner, a lot of the things that we've, a lot of the topics that we've hit on before, but but knowing how to roll and pointing out that you know if somebody's better than you, maybe you're in that that defensive posture and you're really trying to you know, because a lot of times you know whenever I'm rolling with John, I'm just trying to see how long I can go without being submitted, unless he's giving me positions, which he does often, mm-hmm. you know, uh, then I'll work whatever, and then I'll still try to not get submitted, but but. You know, it's it, it's important that that you're cognizant of your size. You know, I'm a bigger person, so I I said it before. I like to play bottom with everyone who's not as big as me because it helps me develop that game. And then it doesn't it doesn't um, it prevents them from getting just smashed by. My weight, not not 
skill just by the weight carrying yeah. my weight for that. I'd rather I'd rather do that. Plus, hey, it helps me develop that that bottom game as well. And what's funny is you're more aware of your weight than I am because like I'll feel like messing with kids and stuff. I don't think about my weight ever because I never do right. until I go with like a kid or something, and sure. then I got to think about where I am. You know. Yeah. You have to pretty much always be aware of that. Yeah, every every time. I never think about it. Yeah. Other than like trying not to get swept and off balancing myself, I don't think of like trying to be a good partner size wise. It's just it wasn't until like rolling with like a Gavin or a kid that I was like, oh, I gotta, you know, be careful. Yeah, for sure. And and, and it's I don't have to with everybody, you know, like with with. Joe or Jeremiah or Delvin, you know, people who are bigger than me. I, I love that. That's, I'm, yeah. that's, that's great. Yeah. I guess I mean like, um, you have to be more aware of it for like your development reasons. Yeah. Um, safety too with some people, but for sure for the most part in the adult stuff, you're, you're having to be more aware of it. So you don't handicap yourself relying on size you know yeah of course. That's, that's not something that ever crossed my mind yeah no no i think i think it's important but to kind of get back to to that um the purple belt article the rolling belt by eddie friday you know he, he says on there to focus on making your transitions seamless or to float i thought this was really interesting um i'm nowhere near purple belt but i know that I know that that's been a focus that, that I've had with that. You know, if you just see, you can see it, you know, whenever we roll with Wilfredo or God, Lee, you know, those transitions, it's like, it's a whirlwind. You don't even know what position's coming next and you mm -hmm. have no idea. And that's, that really kind of struck a chord with me saying, oh, oh, you know what? That's probably a good focus to have is that, that transition game. Yeah, for sure. And I think a lot of that too comes back to like being, so far ahead of people when you're doing the setups like it's always going to look good your transitions are always going to look good if you're setting someone up for a sweep and i walk right into it yeah yeah that's true i think that i think you do a, a decent job with that flower sweep <laughs> <laughs> i didn't think i'd ever flower swept you phil i mean not to me but <laughs> you know i've seen you do it to other people possibly so. <laughs> No, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think that I think that's important. I think that, uh, and again, I think it's more about scrambling or just like general transition. I think it's. I think he's talking in the context of the article. It seemed like more of planned transitions where where you're utilizing decoy techniques, yeah, right? So, so setups, right? Yeah, so setups for for uh, for submissions. You know, you're going to do one thing to elicit a response, and I think we all again. I don't think that's exclusive to purple belts. I think that everybody tries to do that and has maybe one or two of those things. I think what he's saying is a purple belt, you're doing that for everything. Right. Right? It's not, you know, and, and and maybe that's, you know, also where we should be looking to as well, to be to be using those decoy techniques. And, and of course we do with a lot of things, the sweeps, you know, the scissor to set up the flower. There's a, there's a lot of different tips and tricks. Um, but I, just, I thought that was very interesting. Um, and it's something that, that I'm definitely going to put in my training plan uh, with really trying to float those positions and really trying to be cognizant of of setup and decoy, mm -hmm. that sort of thing. Another thing that he said, and I thought this was interesting, and I really like the 
idea of it was seek marathon rolls. You know? Seek rolling until your gi is drenched. Right? And, you know, I think I think we do that, especially to open mats and things of that nature. I think that that we do that a lot, and uh, and I think that's an important part because then you're, you know, it's it's an important part in trying to even for for lower belts, trying to um, conserve your energy so that you always have something in the tank. Mm-hmm. You know. No, that's a that's a good one too. And yeah, the open mat the other day when um, it was just three of us uh, early on until some other people came, kind of doing the rotation pass sweeper submit, just guard passing drills, and you know me being obviously the weak link there is you guys essentially going with each other with very limited rests and just always having somebody pushing. So you're both getting like extended times with somebody with a little bit of a rest, you know? Yeah. And that, that rotation, keeping it fast and aggressive where it's not, none of them are easy, but you know, like I'm, you know, definitely the one who's going to be getting swept or passed, but, um, it's not going to be immediate, not going to be necessarily easy, but you know, getting that constant, you know, energy output from the other person when you're kind of getting exhausted down, I think, is a similar similar thing there with that marathon round. Oh, for sure, and and you know just like just like we do with the positional sparring, you know, a lot of times whenever we're doing that, I love that. I mean, if you know if you if you get to stay in longer, if you're if you're doing the positional sparring and you get to stay in longer, that that certainly it certainly helps. I really like that. Yeah, it's like when you stay in. You're defending neon belly on the bottom, and like you win. It's like, does it feel like you're winning? Or <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no doubt. No, not really. Not really. Um, the other thing, and I kind of touched on it a little bit, but was was the overall concepts. And I've said it before that that's that's the biggest thing that I'm looking for every time in jiu-jitsu is to, to learn whether it's the grip breaking concepts that you're always grip breaking towards the thumb or or the self-defense concepts with the knife self-defense mm-hmm. you know uh whether it's coming from the top the side or lower you know i think i think that that um you know recognizing and applying those concepts in different positions i think that's something that that what he was saying is developed as a purple belt he also says as a purple belt, you know, you've collected all the techniques that are necessary to be collected yeah. to gain your black belt. You know, which is very interesting, right? You know, the the differences, it just shows you how much there is to the subtleties of what jiu-jitsu is. Well, that's like, we've been saying that forever. Like, we hit the, we, as white belts, we've gone through the fundamentals program 10 times or At something, least. you know? And it's like... From my understanding, and I think it's true, if you learn the fundamentals program, you're that's all you need. Right. It's just there's no way to be good at it for a long time. So (laughs) you can't do anything from the fundamentals technique efficiently other than one or two things. But yeah. So that I definitely agree with that and putting it together. Yeah, agreed. And and I mean just think of it from that perspective. And again, we can you can bring this back to any belt level, I think, of, of, of a lot of the stuff that he's saying. It's not just exclusive to purple belts, but this is just where they're honing that. But you just think of the, the fundamentals class. I mean, think of the last fundamentals class 
that you learned a very important detail to a technique that was so simple. I'll give you mine. And maybe this wasn't the last one, but it was one of the most profound to me. And that was whenever Charlie, we went over the scissor sweep. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Charlie, I'm, I haven't been having success with the scissor sweep for a long time. And uh, he's like, that's because you're screwing it up. I was like, oh, okay. So he corrects that. Yeah. And like now, instead of decoying the scissor sweep for my flower sweep, I'm actually getting the scissor sweep. You know? So it's like, it's like there's, there's always that constant that constant detail that you're going to forget or maybe you never even knew and likely your coach probably never even told you yeah they don't they don't give you they anything don't always give you all that's that. how they keep you coming back <laughs> <laughs> not true at all ladies and gentlemen they say it every single time you just don't ever hear um but yeah i mean what was it for you what was the last thing for you that was like like man this is so basic but this really helped um i think that one I've, I don't know, again, it's probably not the last one, but when Ryan was talking, he always uses the example um, for dropping in base, like stand-up self-defense-wise, but it applying in a lot of places, but like the squatting position. And I found that really helpful for both thinking about how I'm standing mm -hmm. or postured and how to explain it to other people is like that squatting position. Like there's no technique you're going to do where you're standing, you know, and I'll be standing in some ridiculous fashion with my legs spread apart or whatever. And he's like, that's never it. That's never the move, you know? And it's yeah. just trying to keep that in mind of like, could I squat here? Could I load a lot of weight? Because that's what's going to happen, right? So that kind of general posture thought, like where, how am I standing? You know, that's that's been the biggest one probably the last couple of months where I'm putting it more and more together. And thinking of it more often, you know. I would add to that that uh, that that is really a concept, right? Is that that anytime you can, whether it's stand up self defense or any, or on your feet, anytime you can to have a good base is essential. Yeah, well, right? two of them have kind of come together for me in the last couple of months or whatever. With you're always going to be in the squatting position, and you're always trying to make one side heavy. Because yeah. you want to sweep that leg. Right. You want to put all the weight there and then sweep it. You know, and that probably relates to the sweeping problems I have in the guard. But, you know, we'll figure that out eventually. But, you know, those those two things in the stand-up curriculum or whatever have been kind of clicking. And I'm having an easier time. I feel like that's a simpler way to for me to understand it and for me to try to explain it to other people. No, I 100% agree. Um and I thought, I thought of another concept while you're saying that, and that is, this is one that was really cool that, that um, I don't remember whenever I saw the article on it, but it took, you know, six months to sink in before I actually thought about it. But the concept of taking some, if you're in a stronger position, if your body's in alignment, yeah. Then if your partner's body is out of or out of alignment, mm -hmm. right? So so just looking for that conceptually getting that partner out of alignment to help set up whatever you're doing. I mean, whether I mean it, it's obvious, right? Whether it's a closed guard and you're trying to triangle, you're going to get them out of alignment, right? They're not right. going to be straight on on it. And so I, I think that's one of the concepts that that um, that I think it's really important to relay and learn. Uh, 
from any position, really. Yeah. Allow bad positions. Yeah, so I allow I allow Jeff to flower sweep me and get on top and then I work out of the bad position I allowed. Or not. I, well, it was allowed. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that's, that's, that's good. And, and also, you know, it's so important. Uh, you know, if there's somebody better than you, it's not allowing them, right? If they get in that better position. But, but you're, you're a, I took it too as meaning um, allow yourself to be comfortable in that. Not necessarily that you're allowing that bad position. Yes, I agree that, you know, it's important to allow those bad positions on someone that may be newer than you mm-hmm. to be able to, to hone your defensive skills so that it can translate to someone that's better than you, right? Right. And so, so allowing yourself those bad positions, and I think that goes a long way with, with just saying... Uh, you know, get rid of that ego, get in those bad positions. Uh, you know, you don't, you don't have to say, let your training partner know that they've passed. Let, you know, if you, you just work on something, if they, they pass, work on something that you think is high risk, you know, that you know you're likely to get passed on, right? And then, and then once they pass, Getting in that better position. Well, there's that too. And then, like, to give, like, a super specific example is, like, Oleg and me. Forever, I would fight him passing the guard, just, like, getting stacked, like, fighting to just keep it and whatever. To the And then just, like, one day I was like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, you know, and same he, here. And he passes. And then I just try to work out of the side. Like, and I don't always get out, but I'm like, I just want to move on, you know, I yeah. guess. And, like, I, I feel like... Like once that started happening, I kind of was like, all right, I was wasting a lot of time, just I, fi- just fighting. Like I'd spend a minute in this position fighting a guard pass that was essentially inevitable. Like you're you're not in a good position there. You know, I got my knee shoved into my face. Like just because I'm, you know, I got my hand on his hip at the moment, it's like slowing him down. But I think Jeremy said something similar about all this anyway. But you know, letting him get by. And just starting to fight out of the next thing is, again, kind of sort of aligned the position. I would have rather he stayed in my guard. But, like, once it was over and he was going to pass, allow yourself to work out of the next position, I think, too, is okay. I mean, you're going to have to do it eventually anyway. I think you have to. And I think especially those those people who are of similar skill, that's the ones you want to be doing that. Because that, that shows you how effective your defenses are. Yeah. Right? If somebody's of, of similar skill... Of, than you are, then you're going to be able to say, all right, if I can defend that, then I'm going to be more comfortable defending it with someone who's bad. Yeah. You know? It's, I think that kind of all, all kind of goes together, but yeah. I, I think, I see what you're saying where, you know, you try the high risk stuff where you're, I mean, you just learned it in class or whatever, just let's go, let's try it out, see what happens. Um, but at the same time, too, if you see yourself in these everyday kind of typical, for me, it's always that guard pass. Like, and I would just shoot a triangle or something, and they'd start trying to stack it, trying to defend it and pass it or whatever. And, like, I'm still fighting to hang on to it. Mm-hmm. 
you know, just let, make just, sense. just let it go. And yeah. start working out of the next position. And then you go to realize, like, the concept that Steve Hall was saying in his seminar, right? So if you if you dictate kind of the uh, the moment of that pass, you're prepared for that pass. You're better prepared to recover. You know, just that example of the framing, making your frames instead of, like, I always used to do it. I, I was super guilty of it is... Whenever I was making my frames, when someone would pass, my elbows were bent, right? Mm-hmm. And it was close to my body. Well, that's not a good frame. Right. And, you know, just that concept that he was he was kind of putting out there that was make sure that your arms are extended. You're, you know, again, folks, you, if you're mounted, don't extend your arms. But if someone's passing your guard, it's okay to extend your arms to get that to get that, just being aware, obviously, if they've gotten great transitions into arm bars and being aware of that, but just framing, it gives them very little opportunity, especially if you frame on that bicep whenever they're doing that pass, gives you a very good opportunity to regain your guard. And yeah. To, well, it's, to not it's allow that. Same idea as keeping your pin on the end of your feet. Keep them on the end of your hands. Yeah. Keep, like, keeping your hands on the end of your arms? No. <laughs> Well, yes, do that. Uh, yeah, no, keeping them further away. And sure. Same same thought with rolling block in the cross face. Like, I'd always been told to do it, you know, but then I never did it until I wanted to try to control the top position, and then I couldn't, and I was like, that's super annoying. I need to, I need to do that when I'm on the bottom. Right. Know? Yeah. It's funny. No, it is funny. It is funny. Um... The last point in this uh, that I jotted down, and this is something that the one of the one of the many reasons I love jujitsu is stay fascinated by the difficulty. Mm-hmm. Right? It never ceases to amaze me how hard jujitsu is, and like there's never such thing as perfection. Ever. No. So I thought that was interesting that he said. You know, obviously. Purple belt, stay, stay fascinated by the difficulty. I can't imagine that ever waning. I can't imagine that ever going away, that fascination with with how hard jiu-jitsu is. Yeah, I mean, I don't care how inexperienced you are. You show me a 200-pound dude walking to the door and tell me I'm ever going to find that easy. I find it hard to believe. Yeah. You know? You're right. I can survive in different ways, you know, but I, I can't imagine it ever being easy when somebody's 50, 100 pounds more than me. It's not going to happen. Yeah, and that's back to to Jake Whitfield's article, you know, or his post on Facebook that that if you're fifty pounds heavier than your training partner, you have to be hyper aware of that and not utilize those attributes to positively reinforce a negative habit, right? Yeah. You well, know. I mean, I mean, just for me. For me personally, I, I get that like it would be annoying if you just straight smashed me every single time we rolled because you're quite a bit bigger. But at the same time, when someone is 50 pounds heavier and they walk through the door, I'm always interested in how the, like how's it going to go? You know, Can I get to the closed guard and keep him away and keep myself in a situation where it's not an immediate like smash thing? You know what I mean? A so, new person walking in the door that's 200 pounds? Well, I don't get a chance to talk to him because you've been, like, taking him out to dinner. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> They've got no chance, Phil, with you. They got no chance. It's always an it's always interesting. That difficulty thing's not going to get there. They got no chance. Uh, viewers, listeners, a two hundred pound person with zero training. Now, if they've had wrestling, if they had you know, if they were, you know, did whatever and had some training, then then maybe. But the two hundred pound person that walks in the door, brand new, there's no, there's no, they got no chance with you, none. Yeah, disagree, but it's okay. Okay. Well, you're wrong. Not the first time. <laughs> With that, Philly, tell them how uh, how the fans can support us. Oh, we have a couple patches left. Yes, um, we do have a couple patches left. Flying off the shelves. Yeah. Um, the patches look really cool. They're about four inches uh, in height, too, I think, and three-quarter wide in the shield logo shape. And uh, T-shirts... All available online, and now you can tell me what size you want. Fix that little issue. It's, well, that's kind of important. It's kind of important with a t-shirt, you know. Uh, anyway, so we got that uh, online. Facebook, join the group. Um, trying to get some memes going. You know, Jeff's okay with finding those and reposting them. Uh, some cool videos. Uh, We've usually. had great engagement on the Facebook group, I think. Yeah. Like, questions and, and topics and stuff, and that's kind of like, um, kind of the goal is to... You know, get people telling their stories about the time that they watched YouTube videos on tying their belt in the parking lot. That's what we're always after. And uh, <laughs> that one, I still can't believe that. That's so funny. <laughs> it just refuses to ask for help. Um, <laughs> I've got problems, Phil. I've got problems. Uh, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, all the good stuff. And uh, I think that's it. Didn't mention our combo pack. So individually... The shirts are 30, 30 and the patch is 10. Correct. We've got a special run for a limited time only. Yes. And that is the combo pack. Everything shipped, patch, and shirt for $35. Yeah, and I believe um, one person wrote in asking for like a Velcro thing. The answer is no. <laughs> you just, <laughs> that, uh, that person was our boy, Doug Schluter, <laughs> and he you texted Phil. He said, you may not have a patch. So if you want... Velcro, that's on you. So, yeah, that one made me laugh. <laughs> made me laugh. <laughs> uh, a shout out to our premier sponsors, um, my BJJ notes. Uh, great, great app for taking notes, updating notes, recording, you know, tournament results, recording when you got promotions, recording, you know, everything in that jujitsu campaign. Yeah, I've actually recorded every time you flower swipe me. Page is empty. <laughs> that would have to be edited daily. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, also, Green Compass CBD products. We've got a link on the website. Mm -hmm. Under the sponsor section. Under the sponsor section. Uh, so, you know, Phil and I both use those products. The creams, the, um, the oil itself. Uh, highly recommended. Yeah, I've been using it on the toe that I think might be broken, and now I have a sixth one. So <laughs> that's good. More grip. Extra good. might help that stand up game. <laughs> um, <laughs> doubtful. And yeah, I think that's it. Um, so hopefully, be back on the mats this coming week. Come class tomorrow. That's right. 
Whoops, premature. Uh, <laughs> but uh, with that being said, if you're not out there doing something to make yourself better each and every day, get out there and do it. Phil and I choose jiu-jitsu. We hope you do too.